welcome to Conversation Matters. Oh, is that your prescription? You came prepared. Okay. You have a prescription for a spooky ghost story. Am I reading that right? Yes, we can take care of that. Let me just check. I can get you in with the certified conversationalist right now. Okay. I'll let him know that you're here. If you want to head right through that door, he'll be ready for you. Ah, good afternoon. Come in, come in. May I see your prescription? Oh. Oh, this is a touchy one. Yes. I had a similar experience when I was a child. It was a long time ago. But I guess it's... I guess it's Halloween, so... This is when we tell these stories. We sit around and we make popcorn and hot dogs and chili dogs and eat too much candy. And we tell these stories to each other. And it's always true. It's always true. But I can't believe your prescription asks for a good ghost story. But I've had stranger requests. So, this really isn't anything unusual. Do I believe in ghosts? <laughs> well, that's kind of a yes or no question. I think the only way to answer it is to take you all the way back to around 1978. I was about 10 years old. And... Um... We had a strange neighbor. <laughs> I guess that's the easiest way to put it. Maybe people thought this kind of behavior was proper back then. But we certainly didn't. We had a neighbor that, uh, well, she wanted to be friendly and make us like desserts. And then she would, you know, drop them off to the house then we would cut up the dessert and it would have like onion rinds in it and different strange objects. So we would like not eat whatever she sent to the house. And uh, we would take it and just be polite, but we didn't eat it. We would just throw it away. And I don't know, it, it just seems so weird that somebody would send you a dessert, but there would be some kind of strange thing inside it, some kind of odd object about it. So finally my mother said something to the neighbor, and she quit sending these items. And that was the first sign there was something really, really wrong. She, um... She told us one time that she believed in ghosts, that ghosts were real. 
And we all kind of laughed at her ghost story. It was uh, it was an odd one. She said oh, that spirits were real and ghosts were real. And that her aunt and uncle had a Ouija board. And they were mocking the Ouija board. So you can't mock the spirit world. If you mock the spirit world, it will come back to get you. You know, it will seek out revenge against you for disrespect. So, her aunt and uncle were driving home from a friend's house. And they had a Ouija board in the back seat. And a deer jumped out in front of the road, in front of them. And the Ouija board box fell down in the back seat onto the floor. And the little, the little tool that you use, the little... Um, divot that they used to circle the board it slid under the driver's seat and landed on his gas pedal and the gas pedal stuck to the floor and the spirits held that gas pedal to the floor and they almost crashed but luckily they they survived he, he just at the nick of time he got that Ouija board divot off the gas pedal and stopped the car before they crashed. And we were supposed to be scared of this story, but instead we laughed about it. I couldn't stop laughing. It was the silliest, stupidest story I ever heard. And it upset this woman so much. Um, You know, it's like we just didn't believe it. We just thought these stories she was telling were silly. So, we asked our parents not to let her watch us anymore, which was just fine. We didn't get along with her kids very well either. They were a lot younger and just wasn't a good match, wasn't a good mix. And that's when the weird stuff happened. That's when the haunting started. We would hear noises like, Scratching sounds outside our window. So, you know, you're terrified, but you've got to look. So you walk over and you look, and there's nothing there. And then we would hear like a like a rock hitting our window. Stick tapping the window. And there was no trees close enough for that to happen. So we were scared. We were little kids. We went and got a flashlight and we looked outside and there was a big walnut tree in the backyard. And we thought we saw a white figure behind the tree. Something was hiding behind the walnut tree. We were terrified. So we got my dad and my mom and everybody and we were panic struck and outside we walked back to where the walnut tree was and we looked around and there's nothing there nothing nothing unusual so we went to bed everything's fine you just thought you saw something quit quit this crap go to bed my dad was a real matter of fact kind of guy and he just didn't want to hear it go to bed everything's fine it's about 11, 30, 12 o'clock at night. You hear that scratching 
on the window again. Now this is very unnerving for children. My brother was 12 and I was 10 and we didn't like this at all. Well, you've got to check. I'm not checking, you check. So finally he checked. We didn't, there's nothing there. Okay, let's go to bed. So we were pretty rattled. The next day, I got an idea. I started looking around. I went back to that tree and I looked and I didn't see anything. I looked at our window and I didn't see anything. I didn't see foot, footprints outside our window or anything. I thought, maybe I'll lay a trap. I saw this in a cowboy movie. You get little tiny bells, little jingle bells, like, you know, you get for Christmas that you hang on your door. And you get a piece of fishing string, real thin line, and you hang the bells on the string and you stake it across an area like a box and then if somebody walks through and steps into the wire, the trip wire you'll hear the bells so I put a line of these little bells from our garage that was detached to the house so if somebody came through that area they would ring the bells my brother thought I was crazy and it got dark around Halloween time, around 7 o'clock at night. Well, sure enough, around 8 at night, something ran into those bells. We immediately jumped up and looked out the window, and we saw this white figure running around the back of the garage. Somebody was coming in our yard and frightening us. Now... Because we were children, it didn't dawn on us that that person, when they were surprised by the little jingle of the bells, ran towards the neighbor's house. To us, that was somebody running back into the woods. So we thought, there's something coming out of the woods. We didn't put it together. So we made the mistake of mentioning it to the neighbor kids and the neighbor lady who seemed curious that we all seemed rattled by whatever was going on. And she's like, well, you shouldn't mock the spirit world. You never know. Blah, 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 blah. And on and on and on. And we were, of course, now we were nervous. Now we were scared. Now we were in a Scooby-Doo mystery for all intents and purposes. And somebody was trying to rattle our cage. And we couldn't figure it out. So we thought maybe we could find something in the woods to, to answer this question. So later that day and after school, we went into the wooded area behind our house. And we saw a white, wispy figure blowing in the breeze about 10 feet in the air by a tree. And we were terrified. We ran out of the woods, mortally terrified. We saw, definitely saw something. There was some kind of creature in the woods that was trying to scare us. And that night, 
around eight o'clock again. This time I, I hung the bells in a box shape around our window. So if the creature came from a different direction, the bells would be set off. Now, as a child, you'd think I wouldn't be this smart, but you have to remember we grew up with cowboys and westerns, 007, and all of these, you know, um, Tom Sawyer, and we were very, very intelligent young kids, and we were trying to get to the bottom of this. So we left a little trap for this monster. We made a muddy mess, so if somebody did step into it, they would slip or fall in the mud. My dad and mom were not happy when they found that out the next day. So sure enough, about nine o'clock at night, the bells go off. There's a rattle. Something happens and there's a thump against the window. We run to the window we see something running away again in the dark. This time, back past the walnut tree, towards the woods. We've caught whatever it is. We caught him. There's a mark in the mud outside the window. We get our dad. We go out and check. My dad's furious. He's tired of this. He's very angry. He shines a big spotlight into the backyard. We see nothing. By this time, whatever it was is gone. But there was a sliding footprint in the mud by our window. It was definitely somebody coming there and frightening us, scaring us. And it was getting out of hand. So my dad said, I think I got... I think I need to take care of this. So, he said, you guys go to bed, don't worry about it. Well, what we didn't know was he went up next door to the neighbors and he accused the person of scaring us. And of course, the husband and the, the wife both denied it. And, and it caused a lot of problems. And they, you know, wanted my dad to just quit, quit this, you know, blaming them for everything. It didn't go well. But the next night, nothing happened. And the next night, nothing happened again. So we were under the impression that whatever was going on was gone. That it had stopped. My parents rarely went out, but they wanted to go see an adult movie that was out at the time. And it was... It was a scary movie, and they didn't want to take the kids. So they got a sitter, and they were going to go out on a Saturday night. And it was, very, like I said, very rare for them to go out like this to the movies. Especially without, like, especially not like a family movie or something that we could all see. You know, they didn't mind taking us for movies that they thought were acceptable for kids to see. Um... That's what parental guidance meant. But I can assure you I saw movies I shouldn't have saw when I was a kid. <laughs> PG back then did not mean what it does now. So, there's a lot of gray area between PG and R. So my parents left and they left us with this teenage girl. 
and it was a Saturday evening. And it should have dawned on us something was going to happen. Because the neighbors, the husband, worked nights on the weekend. So he wasn't around. But we literally got tormented all night. There was tapping on all the windows of the house. Different places. And we were so scared. And we would look out the window and see nothing. Somebody was using a stick or something and tapping a window. And it was so scary. We were mortally terrified. We even thought about calling the police. The girl babysitting us wanted to call the police. And we said, no, 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 no. We've we've got a trap. And we we had a big plan. We were going to go out and capture this ghost. And uh, we had a net that we had made. We made a net. And we were going to go out and surprise attack this ghost. We were going to pretend we were in one part of the house. Then sneak outside another door on another side of the house. And then we were going to trick the ghost. Now, this is the scary part of the whole story. We acted like we were in the kitchen with a bunch of lights on, very brightly lit. And my brother and I snuck out through the porch on the other side of the house. There was a little sitting room porch on the back side of the house. We snuck out that door with our little net and our dad's big portable spotlight and a flashlight and a baseball bat. And there was a big, long cement fire, uh, not fireplace, a big cement flower bed across the front of our house. And sure enough, when we got out there, the hair on the back of my neck still stands up when I think about the image that I saw. Crouched down by my mom's flower bed, by this concrete flower bed, in a white long nightgown, was our neighbor lady with a stick in her hand. And she was frightening us. She was tormenting us, an adult woman tormenting her neighbors. We both looked at each other and we did a won't count. One, two, three, ran up and threw the net on her. She reared up like the devil himself turned. She had blood red makeup and black circles painted around her eyes and cheap vampire fangs and screamed this the most horrendous blood curdling scream I have ever heard in my entire life and her hands went above her head stick flew out of her hand the net flew off of her and she's screaming and we spotlight her and we're screaming and she looked like a vampire she looked like an undead creature and she ran 
she ran away right straight to her own house. And we were sure of what we saw. And we, the, the, by this time, the um, babysitter was not waiting for us. She called the police, and the police show up. And we tell them what happened. And the police go next door, and she denies it. She says, I wasn't at their house. I don't have any makeup on my face. I don't have a, any white robes. I don't have any of this stuff. And uh, he just, the cops back then, you know, don't do it again. Um, leave him alone. Okay, let's not have this happen again. Okay. My parents came home. My dad was furious. My dad was livid, but by then it was 11 o'clock at night. Now, this is before cell phones, so you couldn't just call your parents and tell them that something happened. So my parents didn't know any of this stuff happened until they got home at like 11, 12 o'clock at night. And they were furious. And they said, you know, we're going to talk to them tomorrow. And then it's that. My, my mom's like, just leave it alone. Maybe she'll quit now that boys scared, really the boys scared her half to death. And we called the police. Maybe this will just stop. The next day, we get up. out the window of our kitchen and it faces a window of their house and my mom's like something's not right here and we're looking up the hill and this neighbor lady is just standing in the window staring at us and I mean she's staring she's not moving it's almost like a photograph and my mom says she's been there like all night staring. And my mom's saying like, I think we should call the police. I think we should call her husband. Something must have went wrong. My dad's like, no, you know, as long as she stays up there, leave it alone. And it was the most unnerving thing in the world to see her staring at us from around 9 or 10 o'clock in the morning she disappeared and uh, now it was a Sunday my dad said okay take me back to the woods where you saw this ghost hanging in the woods and we go back to the woods and we find this white thing hanging in a tree and here it was an old long, full-length nightgown on a coat hanger that had been suspended from a tree branch. My dad says, well, there's, there's your ghost. So he took it down, and he brought it up to the house, and he called the police. And he showed the police, you know, and he said, she's been staring at us, and some other things, maybe you could go have a talk with her, make sure everything's okay, and you know, we're not going to press charges or anything. We want her just to cut it out. Don't come down here, you know, tapping on our windows or anything. The policeman goes up to the house and knocks on the door and there's no answer. 
I can't see him entering the house because he's on the opposite side. But what I found out later was when he went into the house, she was standing in the middle of the kitchen and she had cut both of her wrists and she was standing in the kitchen and she said they'll believe me now they'll believe me now and the officer immediately called for help and an ambulance showed up and they, they took her to the hospital she was alright she survived It was so strange that someone was so determined to make us believe in ghosts that they were willing to go to these horrible extremes to make us believe in a spirit world. We used to get, after that, they, they moved, not long after that, they, thankfully they only rented and they moved shortly after that time. But we used to get letters from her in the mail and my mother would never open them up. She would just put them in a box and save them in case something happened. We never opened them up. But the police instructed her to hold on to them in case something happened. I will tell you that one day we got a bug in our head to open up those letters. And I don't even want to tell you the content that was inside them. Cut out photos and pictures of people that may or may not look like us X's and crosses over their face, over their eyes. Newspaper clippings about people dying, people getting murdered. The most horrendous things you can imagine all packed into little tiny envelopes. Little hate messages from beyond. In the age of the internet, I was able to find out she was still alive and even where she lived. I wondered if she tormented other neighbors. I get goosebumps just talking about it. The length someone would go to harm someone, to harm children, to instill fear in people. It's one of those things you forget about and then around Halloween you remember again. Strange growing up in a neighborhood where one of the houses seemed to be cursed and everybody that lived there had a horrible, tremendously bad time. I remember the people who moved in after that neighbor. One night, well, it wasn't even in the middle of the night. It was in the middle of the day, but it was in the evening. My mother just happened to look out the window and saw all the neighbors climbing out the window, running across the yard to the street where the their 
grandmother was parked by the road. And they all jumped in the car and they left and they never came back. They were actually a nice neighbor. We got along with them. But to this day, we have no idea what happened. Why did they climb out a window and run and jump in a car and leave? Why didn't they go out the front door? I could tell more stories about this cursed house, but we'll save them for another day. And I hope you liked my scary ghost story this Halloween. Sadly, I have many, many more. Yeah, I was in a Scooby-Doo mystery, but the unmasking didn't go quite the way it does in the cartoons. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for ASMR Tierra de Fuego. Remember to stay tuned for the next episode, coming soon. When you have a moment, please take the time to rate and review this podcast. If you are interested in additional ASMR content, you may view our library of videos at youtube.com slash The theme song, Atlantis is by Jason Shaw of Audionautics.com and is used by permission. Correspondence, including questions or requests, may be sent to tirardehuello at gmail.com. On behalf of Dr. Andrew Michaels, thank you. <laughs>